Boys and girls, welcome back to Rap 32 Weekly Tings. We on this reliable content stream. <laughs> we didn't really miss last week, so now we're doing it on the Friday instead of the Sunday. But we don't care. <laughs> we don't care. We back. We do care. We do care. We do care, guys. <laughs> All right, uh, DC, how you doing this week, bruv? Pretty good. I sat around this side, so everyone can see my left tricep this week. They've been getting a good look at my right tricep the past couple of weeks. Just want to let them know I'm training both sides. Well, that's 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 good to hear. I'm sure you're you're really giving the people what they want, what they've been asking for. It's what I want. It's the only reason I turned up. Is that is that so? Well, how, how have you been? How are you doing at the moment, Ian? Mate, to be honest, I'm exhausted. But you know what? Fighting in deep state, it's rewarding, but it is exhausting. Well, so. Alex's lovely girlfriend brought us some Hershey's bars. She's out back. If anyone was wondering, Alex is taken. I know a lot of honeys were, were wondering, but, you know. I'm always, well, yeah, always, always, ta- I'm always taking offers. Let Come me tell you, the real Hershey's bar's sitting over this side. You, neither of you, are, you, you're about the same. You're the same complexion as a Hershey's bar. Right? Neither of you are snacks, dude. You're about a three course meal with your fat ass. <laughs> I know for a fact you're Blakey ass ain't talking. Man's, man's appetizer. Little boy. I'm man's sweet. You're about as appetizer as a piece of broccolini. The hell's a broccoli? Is that a broccoli zucchini mix? It's a small broccoli, Andy. Broccolini. I, I would thought that'd be a broccolette or something like that. <laughs> Not a broccolini. Eat your damn vegetables. Uh, get your greens in, eh? <laughs> One way or another, get them greens in. <laughs> well, this has gone absolutely nowhere. <laughs> I hope Grandma's well, not listening to any of this. Well, shout out, shout out, Helen. <laughs> shout out, Helen. We got a uh, two two big stories as we as we always do each week. We've got the domestic stories about Australia's education standards, and then. Uh, <laughs> riveting stuff and then the international story we've got the uh the horowitz report if i'm not mistaken which one of you two is doing that one this week i'm doing doing the education standards (laughs) if you're still if you're still with us i'm sorry i don't know why people tune in every week it's beyond me andy they tune in for andy if we're honest. For my little quips, my little cool quips. <laughs> and his sayings. Every sayings, you got <laughs> Some dotties. Sift through the sand and get to the rocks at the bottom. That never happened. <laughs> that never happened. But anyways, for, for those, for the OG, for the real ones, you know we don't go into them stories first. We have our first segment, a fan favourite, Jumping to Conclusions. Dukes, what is, what is Jumping to Conclusions? Jumping to conclusions is an activity we partake in so you can understand the minds of the wives and girlfriends who jump to conclusions on a daily basis. Could be about anything relating to their man. And that's what I'd say jumping to conclusions is. I'll give you an example. Uh, Hairs in the bed. So, you know, if if your girlfriend ever comes back and finds some hairs in the bed, which for whatever reason, um, because they are doctors, they can tell which hair colour yours is, go, oh, you have some other girls at the bed, have you? Is this, is this from personal experience? You, I'm just you, letting you know that that's, that's a real story and that happens. <laughs> with, the, with the girlfriend in the back, I wouldn't be speaking so loud, bruv. Man's going to be sleeping on the couch tonight in his own apartment. <laughs> you can have a little Hershey's bar and a couch pillow to sleep on. <laughs> you can have a little some Hershey's wrappers to snuggle <laughs> up with. <laughs> I know with Duke's been in the Hershey's, there'll be a few of those. Those will be scattered around. Scattered like a little, around. A little treasure hunt. Anyways... Well, let's get going. Dudes, what's your, con- <laughs> what's, your, what's your conclusion for the week, Bob? 
But my conclusion is slightly related. Is it? Uh, I'm saying fresh fruit is not a dessert. <laughs> Whatever said it was. It is got served at the dining hall where I was working. Fresh fruit. Boy oh boy am I excited for dessert. Some, <laughs> some passion fruits. <laughs> some yeah, what's that what's that like green melon that's like a rock melon, but it's just a crap version of a rock melon? You know they sometimes uh, yeah, put it in the fruit yeah. salads. Yeah, I know. It doesn't exactly taste like it anything. It looks, looks exactly like rock melon. Like a green rock melon. It's just called the beta melon. The beta melon, that's what the beta melon's eating. So okay. The soy melon. <laughs> so okay, so soy soy melon and co is not a is not a dessert. That's that's Dougal's for the week. Zan, what's what's yours? Mine is the following. If you get angry in a drive through, you are of both low IQ and weak character. Well I'm I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> That was me yesterday, and I wasn't even in the drive-thru. I've got a story to tell about that one real quick. I think KFC Ermington has to be the worst KFC in all of Sydney. Don't disrespect the, the Colonel Angels who is blasphemy. I waited. You know how you, when you look in on the screen, it shows, that crispy K. It, it shows you how long the order's been in for. You know yeah. how it shows. 16 minutes I waited for my barbecue bacon stacker. It sucked. Firstly, and then I was in the. They, they obviously had to be well, understaffed or something because I was in the car park. I was trying to pull my car out. I couldn't because the drive-through line was so long and taking so long. I couldn't back my car out, and I waited there for five minutes for this for this guy to be able to move forward in towards the drive-through, and then the guy behind let me out. Sk. But that that's my story. So that's me. I got super mad, not even in the drive-through. Zermington, is that the one on Victoria Road? Yeah, the one, one near here. Yeah, the one near here. Ooh, I've that's my local. That's my local. Sometimes go in, have that there. solo K. The other day, do you guys the... follow that Facebook page, Solo K? No, it's a great Facebook page actually. It's like a creative writing place, and there's this kind of like um, mythology built up around going to the uh, going to KFC by yourself. It's like this spiritual holy experience that you have to do, and then people do these like creative writing pieces about their experience going to Visiting going to the Solo Dalai K, Lama. and. Um, yeah, like people going quite. It's quite quite a good read if you if you're interested. I, was, I appreciated this one guy. He's like with his mates out at a bar one night. Says he has to go home early because he's got a bird lined up. And his choice of words, he wasn't lying, was he? Um, and he thought that was funny. I very much appreciated that. I think uh, that's another thing. That Actually, is, there is bird in the KFC. Well, all right. I think it's time to to move on to my conclusion. Which is that um, New Balance is the most underrated shoe company. Weak. <laughs> <sighs> On the day of my daughter's <sighs> wedding. <sighs> I will leave that one where it lies. <laughs> Thank you. I didn't want to talk about it anyway. Okay. <laughs> Andy offering nothing burgers. Okay, so what was yours? Yours was about the fruit dessert. <laughs> and what was yours? If you, if you get angry in the drive-thru, you're, you're an idiot. Is that <laughs> no, you're an idiot and you've got no character. You're weak. You're weak. Yeah. Um, weak, so, <laughs> weak sauce. Well, Andy, you can toss it up. Well, I feel like Alex is, has got to have a justification as well as a conclusion. I don't know what he's going to say, but... 
Yeah, as well, Dougal... You're hooked. I've got, I've got you hooked. As well, as after having Dougal's last food conclusion about bread has seared <laughs> into my mind forever. And I never want to speak about Very food. legitimate conclusion. I think Jim Lee sent us an Instagram message. I haven't looked at it yet. He sent us five um, about about bread and um, grains and how, how it was um, helped civilizations develop. Uh, the Jim, Western world. Okay. Build the pyramids, well, bread, <laughs> them loaves. Well, uh, yeah, let's talk about the drive-through. Let's do that. I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty deflated after the hours of call on my New Balance, pulling out the Peter Griffins like that. But let's move. The Griff Graphs. Well, <laughs> the Griff Graphs. I sa- I started that. I was going to give you I made that up. So I started that about Blake Griffins and this on the Doris Burks. <laughs> My, do, even do that. my hashtag WCW <laughs> Woman Crush Wednesday Doris Burks Doris Burke's got to be the biggest gimp ever I can't stand it I think she needs Doris Burke's a legend she's living legend of the game walking Canada for euthanasia <laughs> <laughs> Alex shots kicked off shots fired at Doris Burke Doris, <laughs> Doris, Doris Burke please respond how I always turn she's off so PlayStation every time she starts commentating <laughs> This is not even a real game. <laughs> but she's so she seems Can't so lovely. Play. She seems so damn lovely. I don't know how you can. All right, Andy. All right. Taking hold of the conch, we're, we're pulling it back in. Domestic story. Get me out of here. Dougal, you're up. <laughs> Australian education falls behind. That's the domestic story for the week, and he's about to take it away. Well, it's it's yeah. no surprise. I shouldn't go flip that the thing on the camera so we can tell when it's thirty minutes. Um. Australia's fallen. At, so there was 41 middle to high income countries that was had a survey done um, by UNICEF. Jesus Christ. It was the 41 European Union OECD countries. And um, and and so this was um, this was done by the United Nations Children's Fund, also known as UNICEF. And Australia was ranked 39 out of 41, so we were third last. And only Romania and Turkey were ranked below Australia in terms of quality of education. Uh, the report looks at the performance of 15-year-olds in reading, maths and science, as well as the quality and access to early schooling. The UNICEF's Australia Director of Policy and Advocacy, Amy Lemoyne, said that, quote, education is such a strong predictor of life outcomes and we're setting a fairly concerning trajectory. There's a, certainly a decline in real terms in the education space in Australia partly because we've yet to see education reform that goes beyond funding funding model debates. The spokesman for the New South Wales Department of Education uh, said that it, quote, has a reckless focus, uh, sorry, a relentless focus on improving student achievement in literacy and numeracy across all key learning areas. Now, it's no surprise that education has gone backwards considering the effect of Tide Pod consumption on the brain. <laughs> it's uh, shown a negative correlation between mathematical thumbs performance and Tide Pod ingestion. It's you and your buddies, Andy, that have plummeted Australia down the education yeah, rankings. Man, the boy is single-handedly ruining now, Australia. I'm going to ask you guys what your thoughts are and then I'm going to build on different parts of the story. Andy, Alex, first reactions. Not surprised. Well, I mean, I think, I think we have... To- do have to take into account this. I'm not sure how they they rank it. Uh, report looks at performance of 15 year olds. There's, I was I was <laughs> fixing the camera. Listen? I was I was fixing the camera because Alex couldn't. Yeah, look, I'm 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 not surprised. I don't I don't really know how. how if you, you, you can pass, it. you can pass the I think, I think <laughs> you don't I've have got, anything to say. I've, I've got a big old burger. big old nothing burger. Okay, so then a different 
a different part of the report actually said talked about the equality of education. An article from the Educator Online said that Australia has the second most unequal education system out of the 41. Australia, Slovakia and New Zealand are the top three most unequal. Now, the problem with this is that equality is no measure of virtue. If you read my um, Equality is Not a Virtue article available on carnagehouseproductions.com slash blogs, uh, you'll see that equality is, is in fact not a virtue. And if you were to look at the most equal education system in the world, you'd be looking at North Korea or a range of sub-Saharan African countries where the, Afri where the average education is equally poor. If you go to the best countries where you actually really want to get educated, like if you actually think about where the best schools in the world are, even though Finland is ranked number one in terms of school education stuff in this report, if you actually want to know where the best schools are, they're like private schools in the UK and US and maybe like Australia. That's where you'd actually want to go if you want to, if you want to get the best education. Now, some people are going to say, well, that's too expensive. You can't get that. Well, what I'm saying is even if you have the... The truth is when the government is involved, it, it, it's, it's, it really makes the system worse. Now, I'm going to have a look. Um, we're going to have a little talk about the... Department of Education in America, actually. Now, the Fed, the Department of Education, uh, the, the Federal Education Bureaucracy in the United States of America was founded in 1979 uh, by President Jimmy Carter. He said, quote, primary responsibility for education should rest with those states, localities, and private institutions that have made our educational system the best in the world. But the federal government has for too long failed to play its own supporting role in education as effectively as it could. Instead of assisting school officials at the local level, it is too often added to their burden. Instead of setting a strong administrative model, the federal structure has contributed to bureaucratic buck passing instead of stimulating needed debate on of educational issues. The federal government has confused its role of, of junior partner in American education with that of silent partner. So essentially, uh, Jimmy Carter's argument uh, was that the bloated, expensive and ineffective Department of Homeland Security that was responsible for education uh, is, that the, uh, is that a new big bureaucracy must be created. So the solution to a, a poorly or, or, or to a, a, a bureaucratic problem was, a, was a more bureaucracy. And that's one of the problems you get with, with governments is that often a lot of problems that are created by governments uh, are often an excuse for bigger governments in the future. And you, you, you do see that a lot, but we're previous to that education, um, uh, the, the Federal Bureaucracy of Education, the Department of Education. Uh, America was ranked number one in the world in education. Now you see them in about the middle of, of this report. So, Alex, what do, you, what do you think about, sorry, there's only one more thing, which I think is interesting to note, and this is not just true of education standards, this is true of, of most standards in general. People often cite the, like the the Scandinavian countries like Finland, Norway, uh, etc., for having like high education standards, high health standards, high high government, relatively high government run efficiency compared to other countries' government run efficiencies. And people say, well, look, our governments can just be like their governments; it'll fix all the problems. And it's just not quite true. <clears throat> the thing about the Scandinavian countries is that their population is essentially the same and it has remained the same for hundreds of years. So what does that mean? It means they're culturally the same, 
Uh, and so you can govern for them in a much more precise way than you can govern for a more multicultural society. So that means is that your government can actually afford to be bigger because uh, all those people who they're governing have the exact same, well, not exact, but, but much similar. M- more similar set of values than they do in a multicultural society like Australia. So just to give you like an example... In like Australia or the UK, when on when they give those equality lessons about LGBTIQ plus people and all the parents, eighty percent of parents in a UK school do not let their kids go to school that day. What that shows is a is a, a very surface level but representative of the issue problem is that people oftentimes in a society have different priorities and when they've been culturally the same hundreds of years they often have more the same priorities than multicultural countries which means the government can do actually a better job when they are uh, governing people or, or mandating things now the alternative to that which is actually much better is that everybody's needs get net get met better uh, when there are individual people and individual businesses catering for individual people's needs because then you don't have one overall bureaucracy trying to cater for everyone. You actually have uh, you, you have a, a market system where, where people are picking and choosing what they want and uh, usually, uh, you know, t- would tend towards those uh, businesses and that, that give them better results, better educational outcomes, for instance. Um, but in, in Australia, when you have a multicultural society and the government's trying to teach everybody uh, and... Uh, federal bureaus are naturally a bit sluggish and inefficient. You you get the coming second last out of middle to high income countries. Sure, uh, a couple of things. First thing is, oh, just taking on to that about those Scandinavian countries. Yeah, uh, absolutely. They're almost always at the top of the uh, the Gini coefficient, which is the income inequality. So they almost have uh, almost everyone has. A, uh, there's a very small range of, I guess, income and and, and disparate income outcomes. I guess. Um, but the, the, the thing that people don't talk about with those Scandinavian countries is actually the difference in the wealth. So um, when you have a situation in which the government provides so many of the government services and so many of your basic needs and health and, and, and whatnot, there's actually very little incentive for people to save. So um, what you have is actually a, quite a very small minority who uh, continue to accumulate capital and are able to generate wealth, actual wealth, um, compared to the people who stand as the, 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 the vast, vast majority of the people who actually don't accumulate any wealth, but they've got relatively e- um, even standards of living and they've also got relatively um, low levels of inequality. So the, the thing that people don't like to talk about is the fact that the very wealthiest... I mean, in, wealth is in terms of owning property. As in actual assets. Very, even though the standard of living are quite high, and you can say, well, you know, that, 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 that's one way you could go about it, absolutely. But if you talk about actual owning equity and having assets, um, there's actually far more inequality in terms of that in those Scandinavian countries than you have, for example, in Australia or many of the other Western countries that people like to say, well, why aren't we doing like the Scandinavian? It's like, well, you can say we've got a lot more inequality, but a lot more Australians have equity, substantial amounts of equity in their own homes compared to that in Scandinavia, for example, or those Scandinavian countries. Interesting side note. Number two, touching on uh, America, um, the, 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 the American bureaucracy and the governmental bureaucracy in interfering with education has d- done almost irreparable damage to the educational system and the educational standards in America. However, there is one shining light amongst the enormous bureaucracy that is the American education system, and it's what they call charter schools. Charter schools in America are essentially um, selective schools in Australia. Same thing. Basically, you get in uh, on a test score and they will work you 
to the bone. But the kids that end up in charter schools, it's so competitive to get into charter schools because their scores are so much higher than the rest of the satellite, the kind of the, the diasporic schools around them in the area, that you get kids from low income families, um, ethnic minorities who go to these charter schools and end up going to top tier colleges, okay? And so the, the problem is, is that these schools essentially set their own curriculums, basically, um, they uh, are able to expel students, for example. They're able to um, enforce homework. They say you have to get these grades um, if you want to stay here. And so they are essentially selective schools in the same way that North City Boys or whatever. So if you like, if when we look at the, um, and this is true in Australia, when we look at selective schools, the selective schools are basically the best schools in Australia. Like we talk about our own private schools and stuff like that. But if you want to go and, and you want to get into a good university, you go to you go to North City Boys before you go to Skeggs or Scots or um, Kings or anything like that. Because basically everyone's there to learn and everyone's there to do well. And so you what you have is this kind of, um, it's, a, it's an echo chamber, but it's a positive echo chamber. Whereas your expectation is you're going to try and you're not going to be kind of one of the troublemakers and troublemakers get kicked out. Basically, so the shining light in America is charter schools, and in kind of in a similar way to within the public education system in Australia, selective schools are same type of thing. So, what I would say is, no one in Australia is serious about talking about education unless we create more competition. And this is something that I think Ricardo Bosi brought up as well: is that when you've got a situation where we we dump more and more money every year into public education, we're using the same broken model. We're not the outcomes are actually getting worse. They're not, they're not even staying the same. They're not even staying relatively mediocre. They're actually getting worse. Um, the point, we have to kind of, you know, reimagine the way in which we look at education. And, and, and the answer is the market. When you've got a situation where schools have to pitch themselves to, um, to constituents in a local area and say, come to, come to this school because he's going to learn maths and he's going to learn science, and he's going to have actual skills that he can take and go and go into university, or he can go and get a trade, or he can go... And this is this is the curriculum that we're offering. This is what I would say. I think each school should basically be able to pick their own curriculum. I think. And then, so it's in their intent, it's in their interest to pick the one that the parents are going to most likely want to send their kids to, and that's going to be the one where they learn the most practical skills. Learn the most, uh, be, be, become the best at maths, the best at science, the best at whatever. And if they want to go to the high school, which does gender studies, which does... Uh, all that stuff, they're free to go and do that. Absolutely, absolutely. The problem, the, the issue that they face is that, and you have the situations where teachers ha- are teaching things that they don't want to teach their kids. And it would also mean that the teachers are incentivized to go to the schools that they want to. And so I'm, I'm happy, I'm happy if there are, absolutely, as you mentioned, if there are schools that want to focus less on maths, science, uh, basic skills, computer literacy, coding, uh, reading, writing, grammar, I'm happy if you want to do something else Go do it. But I've, don't make that mandatory across all the other schools in which people don't don't want to do it. Yeah, I've seen that sometimes. Like, I've, I've had about thought this idea before. Like, you see it's some schools, like, maybe some kids might skip a year for maths or something, but I think it would actually make a lot of sense for people to be, like, grouped by, like, for example, subject, let's say, subject level than by, like, year level. Because if you have, like, a really smart kid from, like, year four, a medium intelligence kid year five and a low intelligence kid from year six it probably makes much more sense putting them in the same class than it does 
putting them with their own year group. Or for instance, if you have a kid who actually kind of knows what they want to do or is like really interested in the subject area, why not let them just super focus on that area and then just build up that skill, which would, you know, if you have that specialized knowledge in something, that's a marketable skill, much more marketable than having a, a like I think there's, there is quite a lot of interesting ways you could do education, but it's the only, when you have like a national curriculum in the big uh, federal department of education, the only alternative you have is like homeschooling. And even then you have, which, which is increasing a lot, especially in America, but even then, you have yeah, you, I think you still have quite a lot of um, like requirements and stuff. Yeah, yeah, of course, you still have to check in with the, with the board of education and stuff. I would say that the, the answer invariably going to be coming out from these people is going to say, "Well, we need more money. We just need more money." That these these schools are underfunded. Shorten's line in all the debates I watched. He said, "A country." This is what he said. I remember he said it like three times. He said, "A country has never gone backwards from investing in education." And it's like, that's just one of the dumb things like a politician says when, when they have to say something. But it's like, we obviously have gone backwards and we've obviously pumped a lot of money in it. It's obviously not the money that's the issue. Like, if if our education is of like a comparative standard to like Slovakia, for instance, it's like, it's obviously not the, ed- it's, it's not the money that's the issue. It's never been the money. It's the lack of, it's the lack of competition. Um, Andy, any final thoughts on that one? No, I thought you guys covered that beautifully, especially on the charter schools. You might have, if you're watching this on YouTube, you would have seen me fist pumping there. We're, I'm a big fan of the charter schools. Charter schools, charter schools is the dirty secret that's starting to creep out in the American education system where they say if you keep the government out and you let... The, the thing is that these kids who are from ethnic minorities, Latin kids, black kids, who go to these charter schools... Um, and just thrive there and end up, you know, going to the going to Princeton, Harvard, Columbia and stuff like that. And it the problem it presents is that all these local administrators who are reliant on big government need these kids to perform poorly so that they continue to ask for more funding. And the point at which you have you, you introduce a little bit of competition into the market with these charter schools and these kids just thrive, they actually hate it. There's nothing more that, that they hate than free market success um, and you have these kids from awful socioeconomic backgrounds who who, who, for, who, who, who who get into these charter schools and the parents the parents all they want is that for their kid to do the best he can and he finally gets in and, he, and they make them do the homework you know there's there's there, there's no room for falling behind like you're, you're with it or against it there's no room for bad behaviour in class for example you don't get any of those you know um Instagram videos in charter schools where people, you know, throwing stuff at teachers and stuff like that. It's just, you do that, you go there, you do the work, you work hard. Mm. Uh, it's awesome, absolutely. And, and America needs more charter schools because if they're serious about helping kids who come from low socioeconomic backgrounds, it's like, that is the way to go, Yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, I only have, I think I've got one pushback on Dewar's point about um, the streaming and how it shouldn't be based on age. I think that would work in some cases. I think that there are undeniable social factors, especially in high school, that you have where if you place someone who's two years below in a class of people or with other people who are two years older, I think there are undeniable social issues like just that just come with like even just puberty and maturity as well. Like you have guys, people going out to like parties, having like like doing alcohol and like whatever and then comparing that to a guy who's two, like someone who's two years younger I think that does create problems in the classroom but it would be interesting to see 
for sure. Alrighty, I think that's that's wrapped up there on the uh, Australia's education standards. Yeah. Now uh, moving on to the international story, visa abuse, the Horowitz report yeah. with Dr. Xanax. Yeah. Look, I'm going to keep this brief, but it was this is something if you've tuned into Carnage House, you've heard a lot about Russiagate, Deep State working together to bring down the Trump stuff. Um, and today was a little bit of well, this week that it was a little bit like the the air getting let out of the balloon a little bit. So, Attorney General Mike, sorry, Inspector General Mike Horowitz released his report pertaining to the visa application process. So, a visa warrant, a visa application process is what law and we're back. Cool. Um, the visa, the visa process is what uh, law enforcement goes through in order to obtain a surveillance warrant, um, especially for politically sensitive individuals. Now, to obtain a visa warrant. What you have to do is you have to get a bunch of sign-offs from both the DOJ and the FBI normally. DOJ, Department, Department, of, Justice. Department of Justice and the Federal Bureau of Investigation. That's right, the FBI, the boys. Um, and so what had happened was in 20, late 2016, the FBI had applied for a FISA warrant for a member, top member of the Trump campaign. So Carter, Carter Page. Page. Can I jump in? I'm pretty sure the FISA court... So the reason why the FISA court... Is, is special is because I think the FISA court operates without like a jury, right? Or without without yes. without the normal without the normal checks and balances that you usually have to go through to get a warrant on on somebody. There are FISA judges. There are no FISA juries. Yeah, and I think that's the difference between the FISA court and the other courts. And the reason why that's important is because I was trying to go fix the camera. Is is because that um, the FISA court was established in the first place so they could get. So they could get quick warrants uh, to go and to go and catch terrorists before they did a suicide bombing or before they launched a bomb or whatever. So it's like, all right, we don't actually have we don't have six hours in the day to to or a week or whatever. We've only got an hour to catch this guy because we've got this hot tip or we've checked his Facebook messages or whatever. We need to go and get him, right? Now, <clears throat> what inevitably happens is that when you give uh, a bunch of let's say bureaucrats an unaccountable process for them to go and search people, it's inevitable that there's going to be some corruption in there and they're going to go after people they don't like. Now, someone they don't like is obviously someone whose campaign slogan is drain the swamp, and that's exactly who they're referring to. Uh, and it was a bit of self... Anyway, why don't you continue, but It was a bit of self-dealing. Basically what happened was the DNC, which is the Democratic National Committee, which is the Democratic Party, paid a gentleman known as Christopher Steele, who is an ex-MI6 agent, to essentially go out and see if he could collect information, opposition research, on Donald Trump and Donald Trump's campaign. Now, he was hired by Fusion GPS, which was a firm that was hired by the DNC. The Democratic okay. Okay. National Convention, which is the Democrat Party. Which is the De Hillary, Hillary Clinton. It was basically Hillary Clinton. So Hillary, Hillary Clinton goes and hires Christopher Steele, ex-MI6, to go and collect dirt. Now, bear in mind, there is actually, that is standard play to go and do. This happens on both sides of politics. That's not unique to the Democrats or the Clintons. How? Not unique to the Democrats or the Clintons. So that happens on both sides. So there's not really, there wasn't really an issue with that. What the issue was, was that the FBI then used the information that Christopher Steele had gathered in what was called the Steele dossier to go and get a visa warrant. Okay. 
But let's let's also talk about what the steel dossier had in it. It wasn't like any real, you know, good information. It was like the most famous story that came out of it was like a pissgate story that Donald Trump had like paid a hooker to piss in a bed that Obama had slept in once as a way to like embarrass him. Like that was the head story from the steel dossier, which was used to get an FBI surveillance warrant. So there was there was that. So just imagine that if we were going to put this in context, um. If ScoMo had hired someone to go and collect research on me, had hired (laughs) Dougal to go and collect information on Bill Clinton, Bill Shorten, Bill Shorten, sorry, Bill Shorten, Bill Shorten, Dougal then comes back, gives him the information. ScoMo then goes to the AFP or whoever it is, whoever's in charge, the federal police, and says, "Yeah, I think we need to surveil this 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 guy because Dukes has come back with a whole bunch of information." it doesn't really... Uh, that, the, the whole point of having checks and balances... Let's say short, short, shorten, shortened your shoey incorrectly is the evidence. <laughs> shorten did the, did the wrong shoey. He did a, he did we a need soy shoey. We need to surveil his whole campaign. Okay, so this is, one of the, this is where the origins of it become murky because the FBI, even James Comey, admitted that he knew that the contents of the steel dossier which were being used as the basis for obtaining the visa warrant were, quote salacious and unverified he knew that and yet went ahead with it he was totally okay with it not only that but we have a situation in which two of the leading fbi investigators uh peter strock and lisa page both exchanged the lovers lovers who are having an affair with each other an extramarital affair um had exchanged rampant anti-trump texts Okay, rampant anti-Trumps about how much they hate Trump. So this is all the backdrop. This is all the context. Mm. One of the most famous texts is that they called the they called the surveillance of Donald Trump the 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 insurance policy on the Donald Trump presidency. You know, should he become president? So while it was running, they jokingly referred to the surveillance as the insurance policy they're taking out on the Donald Trump presidency, which is exactly what it was. That's how we got the Russia investigation as soon as Trump got elected. Yes, exactly right. So then, so that's the backdrop of it. And then recently, uh, as the Russia Gate has basically come to, after the Mueller report, basically everyone's recognised that the Russia Gate was uh, a nothing burger. We then have a look at the origins of the Russia Gate because it's time to investigate the investigators, which is absolutely fair enough. So Donald Trump and uh, appoints William Barr, the Attorney General William Barr, and William Barr then appoints Mike Horowitz to conduct an initial investigation into the application of the visa application process. So this is the report that we're talking about now. So Horowitz is reporting on whether or not all of that stuff relating to the uh, to obtaining the warrant was legal. And so his report came out and he said, quote, we did not find documentary or testimonial, testimonial evidence that political bias or improper motivation influenced the decisions to open the four individual investigations. So there were four individual warrants, um, FISA warrants, but basically they were all part of one operation called Operation Crossfire Hurricane. Okay, and that's what we're talking about, which is basically the surveillance of Donald Trump and his team as kind of because they thought he might have been a Russian asset, basically, weird without name. any actual real Weird evidence. name for an operation. Yeah. Did you so pick he one? says, we did not find documentary or testimonial evidence that political bias or improper motivation influenced the decisions to open the four individual investigations. So, it, Dukes, what's your headline reaction? Yeah, I saw, I saw the headline. I didn't 
Uh, no much about it. I also saw Lindsey Graham, I think, was protesting it, but um, it's... I didn't, I didn't read it, so it's hard for me to have have any idea. It is also interesting, though, because Will, William Barr is such a hard, hard line Trump supporter, at least publicly, that his appointee would... That if it was, it, it's hard to disbelieve it if it's, you know, appointed by Barr and Barr is so pro-Trump, you know? Well, Barr has actually come out and, and in a statement um, refuted the, the findings of the report, report the conclusion. And also, um, an attorney also, invet, also appointed by Barr called uh, Durham, D-U-R-H-A-M, Durham, has said in, a, in his own statement as well refuting the findings of the report. So there's been a big split at the top, top brass over the findings of the report. It says, Durham said, I have the utmost respect for the mission of the Office of Inspector General and the comprehensive work that went into the report prepared by Mr Horowitz and his staff. However, our investigation is not limited to developing information from within the components, component parts of the Justice Department. Our investigation... Um, our investigation included developing information from other persons and entities, both in the U.S. and outside of the U.S. So, Barr's other appointee has is also running a, a investigation which is of a larger scope into it. And he said, <coughs> based on the evidence collected to date, and while our investigation is ongoing, last month we advised the Inspector General, so we we advised Horowitz that we do not agree with some of the report's conclusions as to predication and how the FBI case was opened. Um, so Barr and Durham both disagree with the end of the report. Now, in the report, the Inspector General found 17 errors or omissions made by the FBI as it sought and received approvals to conduct surveillance on former Trump campaign advisor Carter Page. Those applications were filed to the secret court created by the Foreign Intelligence Services Act or FISA to oversee intelligence and terrorism cases. So the FBI... And, and Horowitz acknowledged that there were 17 errors or omissions in the process of obtaining these warrants. He also recognises the fact that the anti-Trump texts were present and made by two of the leading investigators in the, in the case. However, he comes to the conclusion that there was no improper motivation or political bias, bias evidence, evidenced in the visa warrant process. Okay? So... The question I have is, at what point or what would you have to see, if that is not enough, what would you have to see to come to the conclusion that bias played a role or that improper political motivation played a role in the obtaining of... Like, what would you... Would you actually have to say, see someone physically say on camera the reason why we open the investigation is because we don't like him yeah well it's it's very hard to say because i mean i'd like to see what other evidence they presented i mean if it's just based on the steel dossier it's like funded by the opposition party and knowingly and, and as well knowingly as well and there's like no checks and balances on on the fees of court so like maybe it's um anyway i don't think i really have anything productive to say on this but i think it's it's an interesting point and one that should be noted um and we'll wait to see what the other report says but at the same time it's you know it 
it seems it's like a, it's a real report, you know? Yeah. It's difficult because obviously you want to respect the report and you say, you know, you got to take the findings as it was. Because in the same sense, if, if they did find that there was serious criminal abuse and there were criminal referrals, we'd be saying fair enough. So you can't kind of have it both ways, I guess. Um, now, interestingly, I, when you look at the media coverage, it's also interesting to see how the media covers this. So CNN did not air Lindsey Graham's statement. They, they aired Dianne Feinstein's statement, Adam Schiff's statement, um, but they did not take the Horowitz himself, they did not take that live. Even though it's basically the biggest political story going around, they did not take that live because they thought it would be damaging, I guess, to the political establishment to see someone say that, yeah, there was visa abuse. Uh, interesting. Also interesting, the BBC article which wrote it up. So, quite where... It, 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 this BBC article was kind of fact-checking as well as making its own analysis at the same time. So it said, you know, to answer the question, were FBI employees biased? Well, um, <laughs> the information they included was, while Mr. Trump has often spoken of a so-called deep state plot to undermine his presidency, Monday's watchdog report also makes clear some FBI employees celebrated his victory over Hillary Clinton. One FBI... Agent said in an instant message he was so elated with the election and likened the coverage to watching his Super Bowl comeback. Another agent sent a message on the morning after the election saying, Trump, his colleague replied, ha ha ha, lol. So I guess that, that counts as support in the BBC's book. Um, Mr. Trump has often cited messages previously uncovered by Mr. Horowitz that were sent on work phones between two FBI employees. Peter Strzok and Lisa Page. These messages expressed statements of hostility toward then-candidate Trump, the watchdog notes. But the watchdog found no evidence that Mr. Strzok or Mr. Page's investigative actions were influenced by their own political opinions. So that's, that, that's, they spent half of their section on were FBI employees biased on watching a Super Bowl comeback and Trump ha 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 lol. And a quick, by the way, comment um, without the actual quotes from Peter Strzok and Lisa Page. And they say, well, that answers the question of were they biased. Sounds a bit like the report on Hillary Clinton where they're, they're downgraded, like the terms and stuff, from, like, grossly negligent to, like, um, you know, whatever it was. And where Hillary Hillary was, like, unaware of the things she was doing wrong, whether she thought the classified C on the front of the documents stood for something else. Yeah. Stood for cookies. <laughs> Well, Peter Strzok and Lisa Page were the ones who were... It's interesting that you get to work on so many investigations when you obviously have like such a strong animus. And it's like... The thing is, it's you, you can't expect people at that level not to have political persuasions, I don't think. I think it's unreasonable. So it's like, well, what do you do about it? Like, is it fair that there are people who, with really strong political persuasions who get to decide whether ordinary civilians get spied on or not? And you're like, yeah, probably not. But is there an alternative? And it's like, there may not really be an alternative, but you can limit the amount of people and the amount of intervention in, in your own life from the government. So the solution is not like, oh, well, we've just got to find and sack the people who are biased. Everyone's biased. The truth is, you just got to limit the extent to which they can influence your own life. Um, and so this is just another one of the examples. So you've got people who are exchanging texts about uh, Trump and how much they hate Trump, who are also in charge of deciding whether or not Hillary is going to face a criminal inquiry. And then love Hillary. And at the same point, they also taken the Trump campaign and they hate Trump. And they hate Trump. And it's like, well, you know, this is, this is my point. It's like, well, 
you know, Horowitz is prepared to say that he can't see a, a, any reasonable way in which there was improper misconduct or bias. It's like, well, how can you actually, how can you actually tell number one? And it's like, what more would you have to see than what was already done for there to be bias? Like, what more would you have to do? Like, what would the FBI and the people in the FBI actually have to have done for you to, for you to generate a criminal <laughs> referral? What would they have to have done? Would they have to, like, use a smoke signal to get a visa warrant? Like, would they have to kind of use Chinese whispers? Would they actually present no evidence and that would classify? Because that's basically what they did. They used Dougal's opposition research and that counted. They had to jump around and have a big bias party. Like, let's have a big visa bias party. (laughs) Let's get a few beers and see if we can get ourselves a visa warrant. Soy sauce shoeys and get that into you. Yeah, look, I don't know. I don't know what they would have had to have done. It's it's whack, whack city up there. It's whack city. So, um, Barr and Durham are both going to release their own report. Um, hopefully, hopefully sooner rather than later. But hopefully, some people get locked up. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of people getting away with absolute bloody anything. <laughs> And just not going away. <laughs> the I damn know, Westpac CEOs. Westpac. I know there's like 23 counts of anti-money laundering and counter-terrorism financing legislation. <laughs> Boom. And he walks away with a nice fat severance. It's like, if I don't pay a parking ticket for six months, I'll go to court. And if I don't go to court, I'm going to jail. Like, let's... You're enslaved. They're, You're enslaved they're, for they're, at least the amount of the fine, which is, you take it the amount of the amount of hours of minimum wage. Let's say you get a two hundred dollar fine. That's you enslaved the government for like ten hours. That's eight Monday. hours. That's Monday. Monday. Monday sucks as it is, and then you work <laughs> for the government for ten hours. If you don't work, there'll be some men with guns who show up to your house in a little bit and take you off to a little dark cell where you better hope you don't have long hair because you're gonna be in a world well, of hurt. Well, men, men with guns take you to men with ships, and then you, you know see how you go. Anyways. I don't like, I don't really like, I get no joy out of covering this story. Like, I know a fair bit about it, but it's, it, it makes you depressed. Like, this is one of, this is one of the things, like, if you watch the news cycle, but you listen to, like, you actually watch real news enough, you just get depressed. Like, it, you can see that there are people who deserve to be in prison. There are people who deserve not to be in the positions that they are in high, in government tax taxpayer funded positions where they just wield so much power over the ordinary citizen, and it's like, and there's nothing you can do. Because they got the guns. Because they well they got the guns, and it's also like you, you, you get found setting up a private email server whilst you're in the government, um, distributing classified information, taking money. For from Russia government editing. 250 million in uh, illegal in undisclosed donations from Russian companies right before you sell them 20% of America's uranium right. to the country you have a military pact with all the other countries to stop them getting military powerful you sell them the key ingredient to nuclear weapons and then you can com- complain that the bloke you're running against is a Russian agent <laughs> a lack of self-awareness it's, if, it's frustrating. But you know what? We're fighting the good fight. We're going to punch back against the deep state. They are incompetent at times, and we can we can get them. We can get them. Anyways. So we can catch them while they're not looking. Catch them while they're not looking. Andy, bring right, home, that's, that's, well, you have we to don't leave. Us. We don't leave no damn loose ends here. <laughs> as much as we just want to... That's got another five minutes of broadcasting. As you want to catch some Zs, Alex has to lead us home 
really I'm on that zero tolerance policy at the minute. I'm just taking no prisoners. Hillary, you should be in jail. <laughs> Drain the damn swamp. Drain the damn swamp. You old hag. <laughs> Big old bag of bones. All right, Dan, remind the hey, people. Thickness. <laughs> you know, what, out I'll, of you know what I'll say? What I'll say? Feeling out this of hurts me to say. Hillary Clinton back in the day was actually not bad looking. She was actually quite... Quite pretty. If you look at when she was um, lawyer, a lawyer, she's unrecognisable. She's a baddie. And now if you look in her Twitter bio, she says she's a hair icon. A hair icon? Yeah. Well, she definitely ain't no female president icon. <laughs> I was born to be president of the United born. States. Happy birthday to this future president. Happy birthday, all-timer. All-timer. All right. Kamala Harris. That's aged beautifully. Yeah. Hey, good to see Kamala out of the race. <laughs> Kamala's resigned because she hasn't. She had, no one was funny. Trump said a funny. Trump said a funny Tulsi Tulsi Crisper. Um, Trump said a funny thing to Kamala when he did a tweet about it when she dropped out. I said it's like we will miss you, Kamala, or something like that. <laughs> the best one was Kirsten Gillibrand when she dropped out. Trump's tweeted out it's like lucky the DNC didn't realise Kirsten was the one I was really scared of. <laughs> <laughs> he talking that talk. He's a bad man on Twitter. I will tell you something. These debates. Oh mate, with Trump, I don't know who they're gonna put up. If it is, <laughs> if it is Hillary again, I don't know who it is. But hopefully, you can, Biden, you can, Biden will be funny. Oh, dude. He's got Biden's tr- gonna look Biden the wrong is way. losing his mind. You see, week. Biden start giving the speech back to the curtain because he he was delivering a speech like I'm to you, you're the crowd. Biden turns around and for about thirty seconds delivers his speech that way. <laughs> To have the you, curtain. Have you seen? Have you seen the recent <laughs> thing about how he was talking about the hairs on his legs standing up when kids oh, get on his lap? And yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine him on stage in the bright lights and Trump asks him a question like Trump crisping him? Trump crisping so him. I don't know. Just imagine just Trump in his ear, just <laughs> just chatting absolute filth. Creepy Joe Biden. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So I got to I got to do this conclusion. I don't need you to introduce it, Andy. Uh, my conclusion was. Um, if you get angry during your drive-through, you're both of weak character and low IQ, and I'm going to stick by it. I, don't, I think it's fairly self-explanatory. Number one, if you go to a drive-through, if you go to McDonald's or any fast food chain, and you're getting angry at a drive-through, it's your own damn fault. It's your own damn fault. Um, your expectations when you go to drive-throughs, you get served reasonably quickly, but everyone knows that that doesn't always happen. That's part of the deal. Um, if you're getting angry in your own car about the difference between five minutes and eight minutes, then I think that just shows a lack of character. It also shows a lack of fundamental understanding about how a drive-through works. So I'm happy to say that it's low IQ individuals. Um, well, I it's got it's supposed to be quicker than an eat-in option. I think... All I don't think so. I don't think that's... That's not part of the contract. Well, even still, like, I think if you... If you part of the That's not on the receipt. Yeah, well, that's, you, that's your own damn... That's a low IQ expectation. I think, I think even no, if you have not. the exact same exact same expectations, if you go in and have an eating one, you still have the same expectations. You still... If, if the food's taking too long, or you have... Or you're just not getting served, like... You still have you the right to be angry. Him- like if they if they make you go wait, you don't have they got them them waiting bays. If you're if you're in the waiting bays, then time keeps ticking. I think. Oh, you know, I was in the waiting bay for a minute the other day. You know, sometimes they don't have any like chips or nuggets or something. I know because I was once there in the back in the kitchen of the McDonald's eating them nuggets. Um, and you got fired, ain't it? <laughs> so and had um, two shift, two shift and, DC. And um, 
Hell, you've never put in a shift in your life. I put in nothing about hard work. And and then, you know, sometimes they don't have that chicken nuggets ready or they don't have the chips ready. And they don't want to... Or maybe they do have a couple, but they've got a few old ones. They don't want to serve the old ones. They cook up a new batch. That might take a couple of minutes. But really, if if they're in a peak performance uh, restaurant, they really, really should be on top of their game. It's really the manager's fault. I could go in there, whip me into shape. You get on the frying batch. You get on the. You mop the floors. So you ain't doing nothing. You take that <laughs> change. Sure, give, give me a dollar I'm, for you. Dollar for me. I'm sure you heard that. You get off your, your your fat ass and you start mopping. I'm sure you heard that a bunch of times on your two shifts at Mackie D's. Andy, wrap us up. I don't, I think Alex loses. I think Alex loses. I don't think he. I I feel as if we can't be bothered You're to keep going. You're still upset that I told you about your New Balance. What do you mean New Balance? New Balance got. Freshies, those tw- new bounds. Those new bounds twenty four sevens are so. They just hate. they new bounds has some great shoes. Yeah, but everyone just thinks of them as the Air Monarchs. That's the stigma around around new bounds. The oh, Air Monarchs. Just you and your tight body you mates. Mean? Don't. No one. Nike's does. got the air bubble. You don't know what you're talking. <laughs> Andy, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it, mate. Like, I don't need no new bounds. Do I spend most of my day horizontal, baby? They don't even mean nothing. They yeah, don't I know you spend it horizontal. I know you ain't walking anywhere with that, that, that big rig and those bad knees. Alright. If you like this type of content, like, share, subscribe. <laughs> Drop your <laughs> least constructive criticism below. Um, I've been Dossie. He's been Dukes. He's been Alex. We'll catch you next week, mate. Don't forget the merch. Don't forget the merch. Don't If you want to cop yourself a Spartacus tank or an Aries tea. Alright, we're done. Let's get out of here.